Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined by Raj Shabalu. Raj, every week the Lakers seem to find a way to test my resolve in keeping the name of this podcast. This is probably the least loving towards the Lakers that I have felt in a very long time (laughs) because they just played the Houston Rockets lost 139 to 130 gave up 19 points in overtime, which is a season high or a season low for a team in overtime this season, depending on how you want to look at it Uh, all after LeBron James, maybe, maybe didn't take a layup at the end of regulation that could have just put us out of our misery. I don't really know. Of all of the losses the Lakers have had this season, this was my least favorite. And I'm realizing now I haven't even let you talk yet, but Raj, um, (laughs) you're still on vacation. And for some reason, watching this monstrosity of a team, how are you? How, how do the Lakers have you feeling right now? So I woke up at six 30 in the morning to watch this one. So games start at six 40 AM here um, for this, for this Rockets one, at least. Uh, Yeah. I haven't talked to you in two weeks, Sabrina. You were off for last one. So I, mm-hmm. I got to talk to Aaron, which is fun. And I asked Aaron if we were going to shut the season down. And he's like, not yet. It's not yet time to send Russ home. It's not yet time to send LeBron home. Sabrina, are we entering that point soon? I'm just, I watched this game tonight and that was a disrespectful level of defense, right? Like that's like, there's not caring. There's, you know, there's, you know, not playing the right defensive coverage there's you know the screen and roll defense that can be bad but tonight was just a don't give a f on defense which was disrespectful to watch I thought the Houston Rockets are terrible anyway but you let them score 68 in the first half they end up putting 130 something uh, 138 I think up uh, if you include overtime just an awful basketball game Uh, but yeah I feel like we're nearing towards this kind of I said inflection point. That was the word I use. Do you see it kind of heading that way as well? That's where I'm at. I still love basketball. I think we both do. I just think this team doesn't contribute much to that. Agreed. I, I love basketball quite a bit. I hate this Lakers team. I hate them so much. Um, it does seem like LeBron James wants a scoring title. Uh, he did not do much in uh, favor of that outcome today. You know, 23 points in an overtime game is not, not going to help your cause, especially when Joel Embiid gets to go up against uh, the centerless Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night and what's going to be a super chippy game. And I imagine Joel's going to put mm-hmm. up some points in that one. So not helping his cause in that case. Uh, I saw some people mention on the timeline that maybe LeBron James uh, just tanked his way out of a layup so he could get five more minutes of scoring points. And that really didn't work <laughs> oh, out. Oh, come he, on. He only oh, scored three on. points in the overtime. So really a net gain of one if you're going to look at it that way. Uh, I, I just, I can't see the Lakers shutting it down because there are five teams in the West that are tanking. Like you're going to back into the play-in by accident. Uh, you know, the yeah. Pelicans lost today to the Orlando magic at home. They're going to be without Brandon Ingram for seven to 10 days. That's not a team that's exactly going to be looking to overtake the Lakers without Brandon Ingram. I mean, when Ingram comes back, obviously like watch out for new Orleans, but there's just not a Zion lot of, entered New Orleans. Zion yeah. in New Orleans now. Not so a lot of uh, upward pressure from the bottom of the Western Conference to force the Lakers out of the play-in. And as long as you're in the play-in and you're going to get potentially a home game as the number nine seed, uh, yeah. there's just there's no way of shutting this team down yet. Um, especially not when LeBron James can still pull out 56 point games, like even if it's you know once every two weeks, whatever. Uh 
it's just so sad to watch this team put together. And like, I, there's, there's no one person at fault, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. disinterested coaching because Frank Vogel is broken. He has been broken by this team. Uh, he is willingly having the Lakers play drop coverage with Melo at the five and letting Jalen Green attack him over and over and over again in the fourth quarter. That is not the mark of a, you know, defensive minded head coach by all means. That's absolute horseshit from Frank Vogel. Let's be clear about that. Uh, there is just terrible roster construction when the Lakers somehow decided that their biggest need in the buyout market was a tiny little point guard in DJ Augustine, who, yeah, great. Hit a lot of threes and well, well tonight. Like, didn't show up in the rest of the game. Like he was just not going to be used. Um, terrible roster construction, bad coaching. I mean, just uh, seeming dislike of everyone on the court, except like Talon and Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Reza seem to be having a great time with each other on the bench. But other than that, I feel bad for Stu Lance. I didn't think it was going to get worse than when the Lakers celebrated his like 30th anniversary or whatever it was and proceeded to lose to the Pelicans by more points than that. But like there was a moment when uh, I want to say the Lakers had just gone up by like two or one day, like retaken the lead and Billy Mack got mm-hmm. so excited. He's like, and the Lakers have the lead and <laughs> Stu immediately goes, do they? And the Rockets scored instantaneously. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for just the, the stain that this team is putting on the Lakers franchise and the legacy of all the people that have come before them. And Stu is disappointed and James Worthy is disappointed and Meta World Peace is disappointed. All of them are embarrassed to be associated with this team. And it sucks. It sucks. I mean, this is the freaking Rockets. The Rockets are the only team in the NBA that's bottom five in offense and defense. And they put up 139 points. Like one last thing before I start, stop rambling. I apologize. But like, no, you're good. During the first quarter, there was like that mandatory promotion where Billy Mack has to mention that, like, remember, if the Lakers hold their opponents under 111 points and win, you get free tacos. And it's like the the Rockets already had like 50 some points with eight points, eight minutes left in the, the first half. And it's like, in what universe are the Rockets not going to score 111 points in what universe? I just, not this one. I, I hate them. I hate them so much. Uh, just. I mean, like, and people are going to look at this box score and see that Russell Westbrook had a nice game and yeah, he had a nice game, but like, <laughs> I just, the this takes, wasn't a real basketball the takes game. Are fine. It's not a real basketball game. Exactly. Let's be real. That was, a, a that was a, game. that was a pickup basketball game. So I'm guessing you listened to the Lakers broadcast, right? You heard the Lakers well, yeah, broadcast. I live in LA, so I listened to the Lakers broadcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm, so I'm overseas. Sometimes the other team stream is actually a little bit better. So on gotcha. league pass, on league mm-hmm. pass, legally on league pass, sure, um, sure. That's true. the stream of uh, the Houston streams a little better. Um, so they were laughing pretty much the whole game at the Lakers defense. Now, mind you, this is a team that's 16 and 49 or maybe 17 and 49 now with, They've seen a lot of bas- basketball and they were laughing the whole game at the Lakers defense. And again, I think most of that is effort. There's also stuff where there was, you know, unnecessary double teams at the top of the key. Um, and they were having a grand old time and the Rockets had a grand old time on our behalf. I don't know. It's really like, I understand you can't fall out of the plane. Like I get that. And there's no reason to tank. We don't have our draft pick. It goes to Memphis and New Orleans in some order that I don't really care about, but one of them, one, one of them get our pick uh, this year. Mm-hmm. The LeBron with the scoring record, I get it. But I mean, if he doesn't get it this year, he's going to get it next year. Like it's not like he won't. Well, I don't get I don't it. mean like the the Kareem Jabbar record. I just mean he wants a scoring title, you know, like one oh, of those to okay. add to his resume. Oh, okay. Mm, I he's the only second in the I league. Feel like, he's second. Okay. So I think he's within third. striking distance. It was second as of this morning. 
Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, has he played in, I think he has to play in enough games, right? He can't miss like enough, um, uh, a couple games. Uh, I, think, uh, I think, I think he's qualifying right now. I think he's qualifying. Okay. Yeah. But again, Sabrina, these are the wrong goals I guess, for, for this, for this team. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I just I mean, look at that and again, actual high level winning is not a realistic goal of this team. So scoring title. Yeah. Let's get it. You know, I, I guess, but I mean, okay. So the, the treetop view of this is if you can, AD is still positioned to return at some point, right? Like he's like, they haven't ruled him out. Some similar to how the Clippers have done with PG and Kawhi. There's like a, he could come back. Right. Um, LeBron is still when he tries, I think he tried on defense for like six or seven possessions tonight and, and, you know, did an okay job. It's funny. I was looking at starting lineup. I was like, I like this starting lineup. I just hate that. It's our best pitch. You know, like it's our, it's our, <laughs> it's I our best starting team. lineup. And then Austin Reeves picked up two fouls within two minutes. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, here comes Avery Bradley. <laughs> and I believe he finished with two fouls. And I hated that he came out during that time for Avery Bradley. Cause I've not that, you know, Austin Reeves is our, well, maybe he is our tone setter. I don't know. He's been like the second best player on the team, but I hated him coming out for two fouls. I mean, it's the Houston Rockets. You can hide him somewhere. I mean, if mm-hmm. there was no defense being played anyway, there was nine minutes, uh, uh, left to play in that first quarter anyway I digress uh, but yeah like when I look at this team they just don't look like they're going towards like a playing goal that's the reason I keep bringing up the like is there an inflection point coming I like the Austin I think Austin Reeves should be playing 30 minutes every night Malik Monk looks like he tries um, Stanley Johnson we got some Wayne Gabriel minutes a I've few, gotten to the point where like I want more Trevor Reza minutes like I want Trevor Reza minutes that's how sad these Lakers are that I'm I'm rooting for Trevor Reza minutes are you not enjoying the Cam Bazemore? Oh experience? my God. Oh my God. So, okay. We got my notes. I got my notes from this game when I thought this was like an actual game worth discussing. And let's see. Number three item on the list. How many times will Kent Bazemore dribble the ball? <laughs> Every single time my man tried to handle the ball, it did not go well. <laughs> and then clap his hands like, oh, I almost had it. Oh my yeah. gosh. He's, I love, Kent is Bazemore. it just like rust? Is that what it is? Or he's just physically incapable of holding onto the ball? That's <laughs> true. I think he goes faster than like, he's a player that goes faster than like his, I don't know, his body or mind want to. On what I mean floor. by disinterested coaching, like Frank Vogel, you're watching this game thinking, no, let's, let's continue to give Kent Bazemore minutes. Let's continue those nine minutes. Like at no point during that was, was, was Frank Vogel thinking like, no, nah, let's, let's get him out. Let's get him out. No, no, let's, let's just continue to ride the Bays train. Oh man. Has he tweeted about well, this game yet? uh i'm not <laughs> has he said chop wood carry water on this one i don't think he has yeah, i don't yeah. think this is one that he will but the alternative sabrina is the are you, the four guards and carmelo lineup i think that's the most that's the most like either frank vogel is trolling or you know it's a cry for help or it's like i'm not sure what that lineup is the dj augustine i think it's Avery. this is Bradley, why we need Malik trevor Ariza to play <laughs> russell westbrook Carmelo Anthony at center. Those just bleed points. Um, I think they're at like a huge, they give up a huge defensive rating. Uh, again, numbers don't really matter with this team. I think no. uh, I try to look, I try to look back on the numbers and try to analyze that. And just I kind fake of got games. <laughs> this one was the most fake game though. I thought the San Antonio game was real. The Clipper game was real. This one was not, this was a pickup game from start. The Lakers thought they could, you know, half, half ass their way through it and try to win at the end. And there was a moment Sabrina, in that third quarter, we're like, oh, we could lose this. Um, but, <laughs> we fell you know, behind but, by eight. <laughs> but it's hard to put out a fire when the house is burning, right? Like, oh it, it's gosh. very tough. So, and then Jalen Green, K- KPJ cooked us. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I thought, was our 
best player. Like I wasn't sure why he was out there for a lot of times, but I got a question for you, Raj. Um, okay. Of the Lakers who played today. Okay. Which one of them has the least embarrassing Rockets career? Oh man, that's not fair. Um, I, I was just watching the start of the game and I'm thinking, so DJ Augustin got traded for PJ Tucker because Milwaukee okay. already regretted signing him. And it leads to Milwaukee winning a title with DJ Tucker. And then they waved DJ Augustin. Okay. We've got Mello, who was out of the oh, year for a league after leaving Houston. <laughs> was so bad that Daryl Morey wouldn't answer these questions honestly about him. <laughs> We've got Avery Bradley, um, who I I think was traded at the deadline for some Victor Oladipo nonsense and yeah. I don't know, rehabilitated his value to the point where Golden State wanted to sign him to a training camp contract. That's Avery Bradley's Rockets tenure. And, oh, sure. of course, Russell Westbrook, um, whose final games as a Rocket were so delightful that his brother argued with William Rondo. Oh, he argued with Rondo. I'm sorry. And the entire Rockets franchise self-destructed because of how bad those last four games were. So yeah, that's what I was thinking of while I was watching this game. <laughs> to be fair, that Rockets team was good. Like, that was a second-round playoff team. Like, you know, that's... The DJ Augustine, Avery Bradley, those are like Trevor Reza as well, former Rocket, right? I didn't I think consider Ariza a... and Dwight because they did not take the court. Um, but oh, okay, no, fair. But that's fair. Yes, fair. yes. Ariza had a good career as a Rocket, though. I think he had probably two his best. separate, I want to say, contract years with the Rockets. Uh, well, oh no, no, he I mean, signed he... a five-year deal with Rockets upon leaving the Lakers when we prioritized yes. Ron Test over him. He was fine made his way to like Washington and some other shop before ending back in New Houston. Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ending back in Houston where he had his contract year. That's okay. what happened with Trevor Reza. Oh, was it only one year in Houston? He played that. No, I mean, that final two stints th- in Houston. Right. I mean, yeah. the second stint, that was only one year. The second stint in Houston was no, no. That's when he signed the new contract. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Yeah, he had a good career though. Uh, in in Houston, in, in Houston, D, D, DJ Augustine yeah had a short stint. Avery Bradley short stint. Um, yeah, I feel like those two probably the worst. I think Russell Westbrook had an o, had an okay Houston, even if that was only one year. He had an okay year in Houston. Um, I'm not sure. I just think that like was... one year, ten year in Houston coincides with the franchise getting rid of every single player on the team except for Eric Gordon. Then maybe something went wrong. Maybe it's a little embarrassing. Maybe it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. To be fair, James Harden didn't leave till the following season. So he left like middle of the year, right? I believe. I mean, the season started on like Christmas and he left like second week of January. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. After and the Lakers had already really played playing. them twice. <laughs> and beat them by a lot. And, you know, LeBron yeah, was like those are fun games. doing no, no look threes to Dennis Schroeder, high-fiving. Good Dennis Schroeder was on the court tonight. Yeah, as well. A lot of connections. So was David Nwaba. Delightful. Laker legend. Yeah. <laughs> This was uh, a should sad. we talk about this, <laughs> this game? Is a sad game. I, don't, I don't think we should talk about this game. Okay, I have. Let's just look back at the notes. See if there's anything worth talking about. Um, we mentioned this a little bit on the silver screen chat. Uh, these these random doubles that the Lakers throw at ball handlers. <laughs> I don't understand the logic behind them. It's funny because like back in the day when Houston had James Harden, we would throw hard doubles at James Harden and trust the back line to rotate. And I understood that. Sure. Now there are these like indiscriminate doubles being thrown at Dennis Schroeder and no one is rotating to the point where you get Garrison Matthews wide open on the wing for a three pointer. And if there's one thing you don't want to leave is Garrison Matthews wide open for a three pointer. 
and I don't know if that's game plan mistakes, if that's just lack of discipline in executing a scheme. I, the thing is like, I don't trust Avery Bradley to not, you know, rove. I don't trust Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook not to rove. I don't trust Frank Vogel's game plans at this point, because what in the world are the Lakers doing for the rest of the game? So that really bothered me. Um, uh, another little thing, um, Austin Reeves just has to shoot right off the catch when LeBron throws him the ball. There's a little too much indecision for my taste. Uh, there's not getting He's better a good shots. closeout attacker, though. Not getting better shots. That. Yeah. But he wasn't attacking the closeouts. He was just sort of, you know, stalling the offense. So um, maybe Frank Vogel would not bench you with two fouls if you shot on the catch more often. No, don't do that. Don't blame it. <laughs> don't blame it on that. Those. So I'm going to say those game. that is definitely not a Vogel game plan because mm-hmm. I, I think Vogel is one of the better defensive coach as much flack as he's gotten this year with rotations and definitely he's deserved them. I still think he's a elite defensive coach. I, do, I think those are just lazy kind of uh, free flowing principles. Like I'd love, you know, Frank Vogel in like truth serum. Is that what people? Yeah. Truth people serum. They, the they want truth. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would love to see if like Vogel being on truth season, truth serum watching this game. Cause like the amount of like not give F on defense. Um, so the Rockets, again, I was listening to the Rockets announcers. They were just be be followed because the Lakers ran like a one, two, two zone. And like when you run a one, two, two zone, you kind of have to be connected a little bit. And so like they'd run it and then the Rockets would get into the front court and it's like a dunk. Um, and they were begging Sangoon to like attack LeBron because that's how much LeBron was just not caring yeah, uh, yeah. On, de- on defense as well. Um, but yeah, that was awful. Just an awful defensive game. Austin Reeves, though, like that's the bright spot this year, Sabrina. Like that's yeah. the... That's the, that's the one I'm going to push. If you can, this, hear me out on this. This is my okay. question to you. This is a lost season, right? Lost season. 100%. Likely, likely. But so a playoff rotation is like eight to 10 guys, eight to 10. If you can find one guy in a season, I think that's successful. Like that's a, if you can find one playoff rotation guy to add to next year, would you say not successful season? That's, that's a stretch. That's a long Huge stretch. stretch. <laughs> That okay, is a wildly said, incorrect way I'm, of looking at the I'm season sorry. that it was successful okay. because we found us. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, that's not, that's a huge stretch. I'm sorry. But that's something to take at least from this year. Cause I feel like what likely I feel is going to happen is we are going to flush this year and I'm pretty sure. And there's going to be a lot of consequences from that. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the front office, whoever makes the decisions, um, who's, who's in there making decisions, whether it's Magic Johnson, Karamas, whoever's, you know, whoever has a word, he's like, hey, look, we found this kid. He's good. He, he can play. Let's just not throw him in a rust deal or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like just because the other team asked for it, like, like let's fight to at least have one or two guys um, on the playoff rotation. Or is that like a, you said it's a stretch, but how, how long of a stretch is that, I guess? I, I'd like to think that the Lakers will keep Austin Reeves around because they like to tout the success of their scouting department. And this is, you know, one of their undrafted gems, the spiritual successor to yeah. Alex Caruso. I mean, Caruso got four years here. Okay. Austin's only one year in. So I do think we have some time before Palinka inevitably breaks our hearts and let's go of really quickly Austin. though. Caruso had Caruso had four years here, but two of them, I believe he was playing G league games. He was so a two way for two of them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's I count like the we two made years. the playoffs either of those years. So we weren't like wasting his ability or anything. Okay. That's fair. But I think it was clear. He was not a G. League we had like 30,000 ball handlers in second two way season. So. 
<laughs> and it was like one of the third best ones. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. Um, I saw one of my friends who's a Bulls fan uh, use that Bernie Sanders mean like I'm once again asking mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso to please come back soon. And I just wanted to cross off back and write home. <laughs> just, please come home soon. <laughs> I miss them just so terribly. Uh, a lot of people in my life, I've met a lot of NBA fans over the weekend who are not Laker fans were asking me to relitigate mm-hmm. the AD trade. And I'm not comfortable doing oh, no. that. I, I feel very happy about what we accomplished post trading for AD. And mm-hmm. admittedly, like it's only been one good year out of three, which is not what I was expecting when we traded for him. But uh, it's I, I can't do it. I mean, maybe, maybe with like the benefit of more hindsight, but like Lonzo was always hurt. Brandon Ingram wasn't what he was now, like. So what if Josh Hart was the centerpiece of a CJ McCollum trade? Like, I don't think that was the guy that the Lakers were worried about trading. No. Yeah. I I don't think you can relitigate the AD trade. It's everything around it, I guess, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. where you can. The rush trade is what it is. That's the, <laughs> that's the point of, that's the contention, right? Like that's the flip from yeah. the identity that this team was. I still think those really like, I, you know, we're, we, I told Aaron this as well. Like we're getting every publication is going to release their, uh, how would you say, like, uh, their death to the Lakers, kind of their, like, how yeah, the season ended. Yeah, their postmortems, yeah, yeah. Their postmortem, yeah, like, all the sourcing that they got, right? I still think on the top of that, and I know I'm crazy, but, like, I still think on the top headline, it should be LeBron and AD are going to play 21 combined games this year. Yeah. They're going to play, they played, I think, 28 out of the 72 last year. I yeah. believe, I don't know if my math's correct. I think I did the math the other day. I forgot. I think it's, like, 34% of the season, uh, of the last two years they played yeah. in or maybe less, or something like that. So that should be number one to me. AD needs to, uh, it's not his fault, but like he needs to stay healthy. Like that's the whole point of this team. Like Russ, AD, and LeBron are going to play 20 games. Now, will it work? Would it have it work? Probably not. I mean, probably I think not. we probably have enough evidence to kind of to push us yeah. the other way. But I still feel like, you know, that should be at the top of every headline. It's not going to be, obviously. We're, it's going to be all the all the other stuff. But yeah, rough, rough two years of I- health. I legitimately did not think the Lakers were going to lose this game until it got to overtime. Like all throughout the first 48 minutes, I was thinking they're going to mess around. They're going to mess around, make it way more difficult than it needs to be. LeBron's going to have to play 40 plus minutes, but they're going to win. I did not even occur to me. Like no figment of my imagination was prepared for the possibility that they were going to (laughs) lose to this Rockets team. Maybe I'm not creative enough. Maybe Mm. I just can't imagine, you know, deep enough, but that is that overtime period is one of the worst stretches of basketball I've ever seen a Lakers team play. And like we watched the Byron years. Like this was the worst thing I've ever seen. Just immediately down five, nothing timeout before like you even have a chance to resettle in after the timeout, just another three, another three, another three. They finally take one away because of the shot clock violation. The Lakers score, you think, oh, it's only eight points. Nope. <laughs> like it was I I'm just struggling to think of a period of basketball that has been more embarrassing for the Lakers than that stretch. And I don't want to think about it too much because again, this is a podcast called Iowa basketball, but like, even if the Lakers get to the play and what, what is to what point in purpose, what are we, what are we hoping for? Like that they lose by less than 30 to the Pelicans in that nine, 10 game. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah, again, the hope is that LeBron and AD come back and play. Like, that's the hope. Yeah. And again, this game, that overtime. So I thought the overtime, I thought LeBron, I don't know if this makes it worse, but I thought like LeBron was trying at least, like <laughs> by the end of the fourth. On offense, and at least. On offense, yeah. And like oh, there, he was did a, try there was a defense a little bit. Yeah, there's some help yeah. side rotations there. there yeah. yeah, there were some outside rotations. The Rockets just went absurd from three, which, you know, was going to happen. Our Should guards were Stanley. Really- our guards weren't really defending at all our offense went to lebron i think malik monk screen roll they were tracking trapping lebron we were getting good shots out of that um and then you know they just went absurd and absurd in the overtime so i don't know so we're like there's too many games like this though i think we're what one in six one in seven now since the all-star game uh our only win over somehow the two seed warriors uh with lebron <laughs> dropping with lebron dropping 56, 56 to to get us a win over that i mean it's 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 looking rough which is why again like i know portland's not supposed to be winning i just i'm high on anthony simons i think they're gonna play well brandon ingham's gonna be reevaluated in like seven to ten days but they're playing well cj mccollum has them going to me it's not realistic to drop out of the 10 11 or even if you're 10th you have to win two games to get in i mean like that's it's it's just gonna be a lot legitimately impossible to win those two games because you're gonna have to if you fall to 10 you're going to have to go to New Orleans for one of them and then either come yeah. back to LA or go to Minnesota, neither of which is an easy fight. Um, your best case scenario yeah. is that you stick with the nine, host the nine, 10 game, the Clippers lose the first one, and then you stay in LA for the second one. But then you have to play the Clippers and the Lakers don't beat the Clippers. <laughs> so <laughs> that's best case scenario is to lose the second play in game. That's where I'm landing. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's 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 rough. I think the Clippers are like seven and zero against us in the Ty Lue the era, Ty Lue era like yeah. that. The yeah. Ty Lue era, yeah, we haven't beat them yet. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what the end goal is. This team just doesn't give me like the sense of like I thought last year. You know, before we got LeBron and AD back, there was some like there was some real fight. momentum. Yeah, like yeah, that was, like, game against push. Brooklyn where we won because Andre Drummond balled out and Ben McLemore hit all those threes. Mm-hmm so much roster turnover like you could piece it together right yeah like last year you're like oh we can fit lebron and ad into yeah like there was a game against the knicks where we lost but i thought we fought really hard you know i was never Mm -hmm. i was never embarrassed by that laker team like i was disappointed not in them but just in the situation because we kept losing because we just didn't have enough offense you know and i was disappointed because i was watching marcus all on the bench while andre joan played minutes but that is besides the point this team (laughs) is flat out embarrassing I mean, like Trevor Ariza was the fulcrum upon which the starting lineup was supposed to revolve. Like we weren't supposed to judge the team because they weren't at full strength because Trevor Ariza wasn't available. And my guy is just DNP CDs. (laughs) Wayne Ellington, another player in that athletic piece who was supposed to be starting DNP CD. (laughs) Kent Bazemore started the season, can't dribble the ball. DeAndre Jordan started the season already off the team. Like Dwight Howard can't get minutes. I mean, oh, it's just a, a disaster of a roster. I There's so much blame to go around to everyone you could possibly want to parse it to. It's so frustrating. So, and so I subscribed. Yes, I subscribed to the Ariza being the, you know, turnaround only because that's what the I, we season were told. Until Trevor Reese's back. But that's what we were told. And like he was the he was the him and Wayne Ellington, if you know, if you forget, were the pen, penciled in starters 
um, reported by Shams and Sam Amick and someone else. Uh, I forget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it was Wayne Ellington and Trevor Reza. Plus the roster was built as if Trevor Reza was our starting, was our starting small forward. He was supposed to open up Anthony Davis at center. And, you know, if you go back to media day, you listen, AD said he, the plan was for him to start at center. Like that was the, that was the plan going in preseason game one. He starts at power forward next to DeAndre Jordan. Um, and that just continued, but yeah, rough, 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 rough year all around. I just can't believe we're relying on Carmelo Anthony in the year of our Lord 2022 to be playing 30 minutes in a game against Houston Rockets. It's just mind boggling. Um, yeah. He has Shout 14 Carmelo, technical fouls this season. <laughs> There is going to come a point where Carmelo Anthony will be suspended for a regular season game, and we will not be able to turn to him. Our super sub, game. Carmelo yeah. Anthony. Or a playoff you know, game. What? Okay. First of all, <laughs> the suspensions don't carry over to the play-in round. All right? Oh, they don't? Okay. So don't but worry But they can't carry it to round one. They carry it to they round one, though. <laughs> That's a big loss. Like, let's say, you know, we're in Memphis uh, for, like, Game one, it goes down to the wire. And We're not going to be playing Car- Memphis. All right. The only way the Lakers make the playoffs is as the eighth seed. It's going to be against Phoenix. <laughs> uh, okay. That's it. All right. So we're in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> him and Devin Booker get into a little scuffle. And then it's like, you know, we lose Carmelo for game yeah. two and we have no power forwards. Like that would. Again, don't worry. Does not carry over into the postseason. You'd have to collect a new set of seven technical points. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Nice. That, that's really like the the rose colored glasses situation is that the Lakers get AD back. They miraculously win a second play in game because like Minnesota loses to the Clippers and they beat Minnesota. Cause I think Minnesota is a more doable matchup than the Clippers, frankly. And then mm-hmm. you play Phoenix, Chris Paul's still not back because he still is recovering from the hand injury. Although a Chris Paul is Phoenix Suns team to just lay the smack down on Miami in Miami today. So that's probably a bit too optimistic, but yeah. There's- Phoenix is good. There's no yeah. way of gaming this out where the Lakers get like a favorable matchup if they get hot in the playoffs because they will get Phoenix and Phoenix freaking awesome. <laughs> and they have that, no fear of the Lakers whatsoever. At all. No, they've kicked our butt. They're just going to salsa year. dance all uh, over us, man. Yeah, that team loves to beat us up. That's why I'm on the play the youth. Like, play I think the youth, the youth yeah. is not. I think they're not only better, they're also like, it makes sense for next year. I love that dichotomy of play the youth versus play Trevor Arisa more. (laughs) It's not a tough decision. Like this isn't, you know, it's not a, this, this one isn't tough to make. It's, it's not even like the talent level is, is more on the, on the older side. Like I think youth are playing better. Like, again, I like their starting lineup. It's just our best team. Like, that's our best pitch. We have we don't have anything else. We go to our mm-hmm. bench and we get we get ran off the floor. But, yeah, play THT. Like, both of us aren't sure he's here next season. But, like, I think the development of him into a ball handler, which I think – so Aaron's like, DJ came in to be the backup point guard. And I'm like, THT needs to be our backup point guard. Like, DJ Augustine maybe helps us in a playing, playing game situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, THT is the – whether you think he's here next year or not, like he needs to be shown as like what his skill set is, which is a guard who can't shoot. So guards who can't shoot need the ball in their hands. Yeah, like yeah. that's just, that's just what they need to do. So play him Malik Monk. Maybe is it a stretch to say he won't like, he won't be here next year. Like, is that, is that too far off that you don't think uh, Malik Monk will be here? I could see Malik Monk taking the mini mid-level to stick around. He seems to like okay. it here. Um, I don't know how right. much his stock is going to go up after, 
I mean, he's basically like looter in a riot here, right? Like he's good stats on a bad team kind of player. Is that really going to help his case that much in free agency? I don't know, but I do know that he fits next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So if that means you have to use your best tool to keep him around, by all means do that because like our free agents can be lining up to play for this train wreck of a team. I don't really think so. Yeah. So we have Malik Monk to build around as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Austin, Austin Reeves, Reeves, obviously. Uh, 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 and then you Austin trade Reeves. Russell Westbrook and the two firsts for some wing help. <laughs> two firsts is a lot. Like, I think, you know, I, I'm hoping you can go again. This is probably yeah. in the summer, but I mean, that's, that's a lot to give up, uh, but maybe that's the cost. I don't know. But yeah, I'm like, that's where I'm at. Serena, Cause I watched this team even rewatching these games, which is, you know, even more of blood sore, but like, there's no, there's no enthusiasm. There's no, like, they're playing for something. There's no, like, oh, we're close to the night. Like, let's, let's go up and win this game. LeBron, this was LeBron's first game back after he missed the last one. Like, there should have been some kind of, like, we got our best player back, you know, some he kind of rejuvenation. didn't really have a lift for most of the game. It no, not he did there. Yeah. He no. had that one nice dunk, you know, but. Yeah. Which is crazy to say again, like, I feel like I do this every week where I qualify LeBron looking mortal by the fact that he is superhuman. So him looking Mm -hmm. mortal is in fact a step down. Yeah. He just wasn't quite LeBron James today. And unfortunately the way the rest of this roster is constructed, you need superhuman LeBron James to win games as is evidenced by the fact they are one in six since the all-star break, the one win coming when he scored 56 points. Yeah, so it's not looking great. I mean, they play the Wizards next, and I think Kyle Kuzma is averaging like 27 or something, something like that <laughs> the last few games. Well, um, so, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the Wizards for a second because um, that's the next game. And mm-hmm. uh, first off, I just want to say thank you to Washington for trading Montrez Harrell at the trade deadline and saving us from a supremely awkward tribute video situation because now you can just focus it on Kyle Kuzma and KCP, maybe even give them one combined video of their highlights. That's fine, but you don't have to, you know, shoehorn Trez in there who really doesn't belong in the grand scheme of things. Like each of those guys, four years on the Lakers, I think they're going to do it together. If I'm, you know, aware they, maybe you do two separate ones, but I think it's one together and that's fine because I believe they have somewhat equal contributions to the Lakers. If Trez had been part of it, it just would have been weird and unnecessary. And I'm very glad that we don't have to deal with that. So thank you to Tommy Shepard for taking care of what it would have been a really weird situation. Um, aren't we, aren't we in Washington? It's a road game though. I thought I we believe. were hosting Washington because the, they're playing the Clippers today in LA. Mm, okay. I'm looking yeah. here. I think we're on. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're hosting Washington. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so so you know, Kyle Kuzma, KCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, tribute videos coming. Tribute videos coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's what's one play you're gonna want to see on Kuz's tribute reel? Ooh, well, I hope it's not that behind the back pass because that's the one that everyone kind of <laughs> shows up. <laughs> I think you know. I think rookie year Kuz gets lost in like you know the conversation around him. Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy to forget the hype around him. First of all, the summer league hype was oh insane. my god, incredible, 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 and people called us crazy. I but talk about this he, all the time. The 27, 2017 Summer League Lakers, my favorite Laker team in the last decade. Besides the title team. No, right? my favorite team is the oh, 2017 oh, wow. Summer League Lakers. <laughs> oh, no. Did that, did that team have Zubac on it yep. as well? And, oh, 
Zubac, Ingram, Zoe, Hart, Kuzma, Caruso, Matt Thomas, PJ Dozier. <laughs> Love that. I remember guys. on the first. I remember on the first pod we did, we disagreed. I said Zubac was the most painful Laker to go. He disagreed, but um, that's my most painful one to go because he's super good at starting on the opposite team. I know with Kuzma though, like, yeah, there was a game. Uh, I'm not sure how they'll put this on the tribute. It was like him going toe-to-toe with Kyrie. Do you remember that game? It was Kuzma. Brandon Ingram, I think, didn't even play that night. And we won that game, actually. Um, Kuzma was hitting like step-back threes over Kyrie. Was this Kyrie, when and Kyrie was-, was still on the Celtics? He was, yes. Yeah. So it was Kyrie versus Kuzma in LA. It was a TNT game, and the TNT announcers were going crazy. And this is rookie year Kuz at his, you know, peak. He okay. had every move in the. And this was the such game a diverse the- offensive arsenal Kyle Kuzma had in his rookie year. I don't know what happened to it, but he had uh, some well, smooth mean, moves. He got. He got to play with LeBron James. Yeah, he got to play with LeBron James. <laughs> Uh, but uh and then after the game i think for uh ramona compared him to like kobe like he, he had the kobe mentality after mm-hmm. the game and i always remember that game that like gets lost and he'll throw it throw it in here sometimes but like he had a floater touch which was incredible for rookie as well um just super advanced and there were conversations like who's better him or brandon ingram like that was a that was legit a legitimate convers- talking point yeah <laughs> talking point that whole year it wasn't just like a one month thing it was like who should the Lakers kind of choose? And I'm always yeah. like, we have both on our team. Like, yeah. why are we, why are we, why are we, <laughs> well, doing we did this? choose uh, one. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's, uh, that's debatable. I don't think that was by choice, but, but yeah, like that's, that's my favorite Kuz moment, I guess, is the, like just going one-on-one with Kyrie Irving. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a, this guy's a rookie. Like my favorite Kuz moment, I guess it's more of a, like a single game performance like yours was mm-hmm. uh, in the title year. Um, it was a mm-hmm. game when LeBron, AD, and Danny Green all sat out against Oklahoma City. And okay. he and Rondo just took it to like a full strength Chris Paul OKC team. He was so was good. This he had in like, OKC? Yeah, he had like 20 points okay. by the end of the first quarter. It was uh, it was incredible. That's mm-hmm. one of my very favorite Kuz performances because like it had been a rough year for him, right? He'd started off hurt because he'd yeah. gotten injured with USA basketball and he never really figured out his fit. And then like obviously all of the the hair changes throughout the year. Like we had who's mm-hmm. JD and all of that, but uh, he was, that was the starter Kuz thing, right? He was so good when he got some minutes and, oh man, I had zero hope for that game and just watching him light it up. It was like, oh yeah, like this is the third star. Remember <laughs> he came back during Christmas, right? If, do I remember that correctly against the Clippers? Like that was his, I think he'd first... come back earlier. Oh, he did. Okay. But yeah. I remember he went off against the Clippers on Christmas. Uh, he had game some nice, gave away. nice moments in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember him. I think he started, he might've started that game. Uh, but yeah, Kuzma, I always thought never got his due in LA. Uh, <laughs> played I his role. Adore him. Yeah. I mean, if they, minutes. if they put as much effort into this tribute video as they did Alex Caruso's, then we should get some summer league highlights from Kyle Kuzma because he was wonderful in Vegas. Just absolutely wonderful. Mm, yeah. yeah. Finals MVP. It. Is that yeah, what they call that's it? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's really what they call MVP. it. Yeah. Alonzo won the MVP that year. Yep. That was just, that was a fun, Such that was a, a fun team. team. <laughs> All right. I have them over the title team though. Like that's, KCP that's moment. A, what's, what's a KCP moment you're going to want in that reel? KCP moment. Uh, I think in the finals, he got like two Mike Green bangs in the same game, if I remember correctly. And uh, I always thought that was just amazing. Like, and, in the NBA finals, KCP got all this crap. Uh, 
I don't remember what game it was. It's game, game four. Game. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what I was going to say. Game, <laughs> it was game four. Yeah. So again, no crowd there, nothing, no one to scream, but I thought it was just great. All you hear is Mike Breen because there's no crowd. So all you yeah. hear is like LeBron, I think kicked it ahead and my uh, KCP three bang. And like, yeah. I thought that was amazing. That fourth uh, quarter in game four against Miami was just, just a wonderful KCP performance not just the shots. He had like this one take where he got all the way to the rim and finished and mm-hmm. KCP finishing around the rim was not always the most surefire proposition, but for him to do that, oh, the roller I, love coaster. Him. I love him so much. And all of the, like the first play lobs that we would drop, you know, for him to JaVale the end of a game or mm-hmm. mostly just like in the bubble, obviously, because he wasn't starting before that, but oh man, I, I adore KCP. I miss him so much. Uh, just, yeah. I, I remember where I was when the Lakers signed him in 2017 thinking, oh, oh shit, we saved our off season. Like we got Casey. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, Me too. Uh, he missed like we're... no games his first three years other than the house arrest. I mean, <laughs> like. That's the I craziest just... picture I think I've ever seen. Like on, sometimes I think it's fake, but like the, him in the corner with the, with the ankle. Oh yeah. That's just. It's just an insane picture. Uh, maybe maybe they should get two separate videos now that I think about it. There's just too much goodness for both of them. They each deserve their own. Uh, part of banner number 17. Question. Did you want him gone after the first year? Kenny? Yes. Oh, not at all. No. No? Okay. I thought he was quite think... good in 17, 18. Really? With Luke? With Luke Wong? You thought yeah, he was... I thought he was I quite thought... good. Okay. All right. Because I, I remember a lot of people, I think, wanted him. I don't, I don't remember, but I remember I was frustrated with him. Like, he was a frustrating player I mean, to it watch. It was his fifth year in the league. We were on okay. a team that, like, overachieved, probably. You know, we won, like, 35 games that year. It was a, it was a good total, considering where we had been in previous seasons. And yeah. I just liked the combo of him and Lonzo, you know, and I thought he had some nice depth, like, with him and Josh Hart and just, like, a nice guard room there. Um I always remember this one game against Boston for some reason where the Lakers just like were barely holding on to a win at home and KCP goes to the foul line. And you know, that phrase where like, he wanted no part of those free throws and he like overshoots this free throw so badly that like banks off the rim, like mm-hmm. banks off the backboard and off the rim. Um, he had some loud mistakes. KCP just very much so tremendously loud mistakes, I- but he was really good when the Lakers needed him. Like he was, just as good against Denver and Miami as he was against Portland and Houston. And that is not something you could say about most of the players on the team. Like I think other than LeBron and AD, it was just KCP who kept his level throughout the playoffs. And that is supremely impressive considering it was his first postseason. Ah, maybe he had done like one Eastern conference first round, but like that was his first real postseason run. He was good. And that's, that's impressive. How many players can say they're the third best player on a title team? Like to me, he was the third best player the third, on the title yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's going to be mean, a lot of Rondo talk, but uh, I thought Kenny was Rondo better. had moments. Rondo yeah, had moments, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought KCP consistently was the third third best yeah. player. I remember my frustration though with him the first year. And you're right, it was his fifth year. It's just like he felt like the rookie sometimes. Like his mistakes were very base more. Like you know, you talked about the forays to the rim. Uh, the tr- remember transition KCP? Like oh that my was god. A thing. I love was, transition KCP, just like a grab bag of things that could possibly happen. <laughs> Everything was equally likely. <laughs> but to his credit, like he improved, like he mm-hmm. got better at his time. He earned a the correct contract as we yeah. got like more and more, you know, into the 
uh, into his Laker tenure, but he got better. They started running plays for him. Like the little handoff with Dwight was a right. that play like that we used to run. Loved it. And my, and I, and I hope the biggest thing, and it's a good connection. Cause like, Oh, the biggest thing like we take from this season is the gap between like a mid tier, like the gap between a KCP player. and a Kent Bazemore is monumental it's massive a minute like a 10 million dollar player to a minimum player yeah. that gap is huge like i think we're seeing that this year so Arguably i hope that's bigger than the gap between a 10 million dollar player and a 44 million dollar player that's not fair we're not doing, <laughs> doing that uh but there's only so many ways i'm allowed to make fun of a 44 million dollar player at this point there's only so many <laughs> I think it jumps to 47 next year, but who's, oh God. Got, who's, oh God. who's scouting? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I hope that's something we take because we just reminisced on I Love Basketball Laker podcast about two wizards, the two current wizards. But, <laughs> but but I hope that's something they take. The gap we between were both Kyle on the team when we chose to name this podcast. So I think it's relevant. That's true. That's so. true. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the gap between Kuzma, KCP, and then the minimum guys like Wayne Ellington, Trevor um, Reza, whoever, Cam Bazemore, that gap is wide. Um, and I hope that's a lesson learned from this year. Austin Reeves should be around 10 million. That's a, that's a, that's something I would take. Hey, he's still Reeves under contract underpaid. for next season. We don't even have to overpay him yet. That's what I mean though. That's a, that's my positive here. Uh, Austin Reeves should be making around 10 million. He's not. So take, take that with what you will. So that's, that's what we've learned from quite possibly the Lakers most disappointing loss of the season is that $10 million players kind of important. So maybe the Lakers should try to get some of those next year. Yeah, anyway. if they can. Thanks for listening to our show. Uh, hopefully next week we will have more Laker-related love to talk about with regards to basketball. But until then, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.